Sober Sundays with Mike Michow. We're here at Ford Media in Rockville Center. Great spot. It's very chill and relaxing. Today, we brought down from Queens, from Bayside, <laughs> representing. We got Brendan. What's up, Brendan? What's going on, Mike? Good to be here. Good to. Thanks for having me, man. It's a, it's a pleasure, man. It's a pleasure. So why do you want, want to be on here? Like, wh why are you in here today? Um... You know, first off, because you just been, um, I don't know if you noticed, but you were like an instrumental part in my journey, you know? And uh, also it's um, maybe to like uh, spread awareness of like what people like us deal with, you know? And, um, and if anybody can like come across this video somehow and maybe this could help them in their journey, you know, that's what it's all about, you know? So somebody like yourself, Got a certain swag to them, you know. <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> does does this does this a lot of this recovery stuff? Was it was it harder to accept? Like, does it seem corny? What? It's funny you it's funny you use that word because I remember my like first ever like meeting or like outpatient or like when I was trying to get sober. I was like, this is not for me, man. I was like, this. You know, this this is like people are talking about feelings, higher powers. Um, I was just like, this is not for me. But uh, you know, I guess we'll get into it. But it was this this became life and death for me. So it was like, it's not kind of like get with it, you know. And uh, yeah. Do you, do you feel that today this is corny to some of the stuff that you do? No, no. Today, no. You know why? Because um, it's it, it saved my life essentially. You know, and it saved a lot of people's lives around me, too, you know, and um, it can't be corny because, like I said, this is life and death, man. You know, I, I know a lot of people who didn't have the chance, you know. We know a lot. Yeah, a lot of people. Man. You know? So what what happened to you? Can you tell us a little bit of some background? About um, Well, like how I started drinking and stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, like like Mike had to say, I am from Queens and, and uh you know, like, <laughs> we we start young over there, I guess, you know, and um, I don't know. Uh, at, at first, I mean, I, I just like the way drugs and alcohol affect me. Right. Um, I liked it till I didn't like it, you know, and um, but I but I will say like I. Uh, you know, like we, we put, for me, like I'll put off this persona that like, I'm, you know, but I just wanted to be accepted, you know, and uh, that was that was a big thing for me. I just wanted to feel like a part. I just wanted to be accepted. I always, I always felt out of place, you know. And when I came across uh, drugs and alcohol, I felt like, like I joke about this sometimes because it's like I'm 13 years old and I and I started drinking and doing drugs and I was like, this is what I've been missing. I'm 13 <laughs> years old. How can I, you know what I'm saying? Like this is what I've been missing. I'm 13 years old. What can I be missing? You know. But um, yeah. I just finally, I I, I just wanted to be accepted, you know. And then from there, it went off to the, you know. So. The one, the the things that you felt accepted with, or gave you more acceptance, in the end, are those the same things that made you isolate? You know, that's a good question. You know, um, yeah. Towards the end, it definitely was a lot of isolation. You know, it was just, um, it was definitely just. They say what addiction and alcoholism is the loneliest game in town, and sobriety is the best game in town. You know, but yeah, it is definitely is the, the, the loneliest, loneliest, uh, you know, like the last towards like the end of my run or however you want to say it, I was like the loneliest I ever been, you know? And, uh, 
it's so funny. Like in the beginning, like it's a good time. It's like a party. Everything's, you know, everybody's having a good time. But like where it takes me, and um, you know, you, you wouldn't want to be around me. You know, it's, I don't think anybody would want to be um, around me. You know, it's very miserable. You know, to say the least. What attempts did you did you try to to control? To maybe not get arrested, to not die, eventually maybe to get sober. Were you forced into a lot of this stuff? Um, at first I was forced into it, you know, like before like rehabs and detoxes, like I tried the whole charade of like, you know, uh, let me just stop. Let me just see if I could smoke weed or let me just see if I could drink on the weekends. Um, obviously I didn't work for me. I always thought if I had something good going in my life that that would like kind of like rear me on the right path. You know, and none of that ever, none of that ever worked, you know, um, like rehab started young and, uh, I, I was just that guy, man. I couldn't get this man. You know, I, 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 my first, I think my first rehab was, was turning 18, man. You know, I just, I just wasn't having it, you know, and going back to like the, like, I just thought this was corny. I just didn't think this was for me, man. You know, and it took a lot, it was a lot of pain, you know. And you needed more pain. Does everybody need more? To reach that pain threshold? Um, I don't think so, you know. Um, I think pain is a great persuader, you know, and and it's I think it's like it could be a teacher, you know. Um, and just because, like, my runs didn't end on a bar stool, you know, my runs ended up in, like, very dark places, it doesn't mean that that could be everybody. Can, you, know, can every you tell us a little bit about those very dark places? Um, you know, just like in situations like I wouldn't want to be in just to get that next one, um, getting arrested, um, you know, just like not having like not having a choice in the matter. Like I'm going to get high, you know, I'm, it doesn't matter. Like it like I did not have a choice in the matter. And that's what we talk about powerlessness, you know. So I wanted to ask you. So a lot of people, maybe even when you were a teenager or early at this People can identify with once they start using or drinking, it's hard to stop. But it is some some other people will define powerlessness as, as not having that choice whether they're going to pick up that first one. Yeah, you know, that's a great question. You know, and 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 for me, like how I was taught, like um, like in our program, we have a sponsor, and and like how I was brought through this was that like I'm powerless over it. You know, and if I don't put anything like into my life. I like to call him God. You know, I guess you guys at home could Shout call, out to God. <laughs> you guys can call him whatever you want, but I call him God. You know, um, like, until that, like, power came into my life that I that I have today, you know, um, it wasn't if, it was when I was in a drink. Like, I'm going to drink if I continue to do it my way, you know, or I'm going to continue to do drugs. Uh, but when I do have the power that we call God into my life, and I'm doing what I'm taught to do here uh, not here essentially but like in my life in sobriety uh, I have a pretty good life you know can you tell us a little bit about your treatment episodes Shit. when I say treatment episodes I'm talking about <laughs> detoxes where do we rehabs, start, outpatients do we start? I was actually so I was at a rehab speaking a couple weeks ago I was uh we brought a meeting in there and I was like joking around with them I was like I don't know, you heard of, like, therapeutic communities, TCs. I was in every one in, like, New York State, man. 
Like I like you go on rehab review. I, that's me, you know. That's like I'm the guy who's like, oh, you can smoke at that one. That one got good food, but like you're not gonna like that place because like I know where you could like. It, it was insane, man. But um, yeah, my uh, my first rehab detox was like 17, 18. I was like turning eighteen years old, and you know, um, and and that was just like to get a taste of it. You know, I I I remember like getting out of there and drinking that same day, and like actually getting arrested. Like I was in um a rehab that morning. I got out and I'm drinking with a buddy, and and I end up getting arrested that night. You know, and that, that's another um example of powerlessness. But um, I think from I forget the years, but I think from from 2015 to 2000 like. 19 no no no, uh, 18 i was like always in a rehab institution like out for a couple weeks or getting arrested going to detox do you you get worse do you get better oh it's um it's always worse you know i i I don't like i i I don't even say i pick up right where i left off i pick up worse than where i was as if you never stopped you know and you know what's even worse is when you have like a taste of sobriety and a taste of you know the stuff we do when you go out there you know that's that's not a good place to be well that that's going to bring me to to what i wanted to ask you so you've obtained some sobriety time yeah some some people would say some quality recovery yeah can you tell us a little bit with what happened and how that ended um yeah um you know it was right around the time i met you um 2018 i uh I uh, ended up in a crisis center in uh, in Freeport, not too far from here. And um, shout out to New Hope. Yeah, a place, you know, like you hate it while you're there, but that place like saves lives. And and you know, and just for a place to go. For anybody who doesn't know what New Hope is, it's like the place you go like when you're waiting to get into a rehab or you're like like it's a it's a it's a shelter, you know, pretty much. And they they have some groups, but they bring meetings in and stuff. But um, yeah, so I was in there and um. You know, I had a gift of desperation, as they call it. This kid came in, and he, he I, I'm good friends with him today, too. It's funny. Um, but he, he shared a message, and I gave AA a shot. You know, I, I got, I went to a sober house. I met my sponsor there. Um, and I dove right into, like, the program. You know, I got involved, and, um, you know, somewhere along the line, I, I, I accumulated, like, uh, some time, you know, three years. Um, That's a- that's a lot of time. You know, for a guy like me, that's a lot of time. You know, I go to meetings now and I see people like with like 30 years. It's, it's, I, more like, that's a lot credit to them, you know, but like for a guy like me, like I was like that hopeless, that hopeless variety, like that junk box, you know? So, um, that was like a lot of time. And I think I prided myself on that too. Like I was like happy with that time, but, um, you know, like, um, what happened with me is, you know, um, you know, I got like really resentful. You know, and um, the right the right time and place came where like a drink sounded like a good idea, man. And at the time, I was so far away from the program. You know, my first thought wasn't to call a guy like Mike or my sponsor or a lot of my buddies in, in my support group today. Or you know, my first thought was like, let me go pick up a drink, and that's the insanity. But can you, know? you explain? Because I want to know. Yeah. Um, does it did it happen overnight, or was this like? You know, less and less each week. Or? You know, it's crazy. Like, um, I, I, I didn't pick. Like, I didn't get resentful and pick up that next night, that next day. It was for me. It was like, you know, that isolation, like we talked about, that white knuckling it. Um, 
Not doing the things you were doing? Not doing the things. I remember like that whole month before I decided to pick up, I was like isolating in a studio basement apartment. Um, A group of people caring about me um, and thinking and and, and worrying about me. And they would call me and show up at my apartment. And I was just checked out, man, you know, and um, and because I wasn't doing what we were taught here, you know, and I um, so it it was like a it was like a month, you know, like. Of, of trying to do it my way, you know? So you you completed treatment. You were connected in the programs that you were going to. You moved out of the sober house. You were back working. Yeah, I was I was doing life. And less meetings? Um, yeah, in that month time where I decided to, you know, I always was like a meeting guy. You know, I, I, I do the whole program, but I, I, I do like attending meetings. You know, I, um, I, I, but during that stretch of like, I was isolating and stuff, and you know, I, I I stopped attending meetings. I uh, and it's funny. I talk about this a lot with some guys. Like, I thought I could still like carry like AA's principles without doing AA. Like, I thought I could still live like a a a, a loving spiritual life, but like not going to meetings, not talking to guys in AA, not not doing inventory. Like, I thought I could still. You know, and it was just insanity, man. So how long were you were you out there the last time? Um, like four months. You know, I I, I actually relapsed. I I don't I remember the day because it happened to be my brother's birthday, um, October twelfth, of what was it now? If this is two, uh, I guess it was two thousand twenty one. I I relapsed, and then um, like mid January, by God's grace, I was able to make it back. And how'd you get back? <laughs> I'm looking at him, man. You were one of the guys that like helped me, man. Um, no, um, there was like these two guys in AA that I, 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 they're friends of mine, but like I do look up to their sobriety. Um, one of them was my sponsor at the time, and another one's like a good friend of mine. Um, and these guys were like coming to my house, showing up, and I just wasn't having it. I remember they were leaving <laughs> big books on the stairwell. They probably told you about this. And uh, they came back. The second time they came back, I guess it rained. It, uh, it, it had rain, And um, the book was, like, waterlogged, I remember. And uh, <laughs> I just wasn't having it. But uh, when, the, when, when that desperation came, you know, um, I didn't have the cojones to, like, give them a call. I texted them, and I was like, I need help, you know. And um, I'll never forget it. It was a Friday night. Um, and uh, it was a Friday night. And... Uh, they were like, one of them was like, what are you willing to do for yourself and your sobriety? And uh, he's like, I could get you into a rehab. And uh, like that Sunday morning, my sponsor, the other guy was in that group text. He was driving me out to a rehab, you know? And it was like people, and it's like crazy how like I left AA, but the people who showed up for me were AA, you know? Well, I wanted to, to bring this up. Do you think that because you were there for so long and reaching out and helping other people, that you left an impact so people yeah. aren't going to leave you alone yeah. out there. And it's funny you say that because it's like, I tell like people all the time when they're coming into the rooms, like I have a family member now um, who just, um, I have a cousin who just uh, came into AA now and uh, I tell him and I tell all the guys, I, I say, get involved. Like I don't, you don't need to share and sound crazy, but like get involved, get people to know your name because like, not to sound egotistical, but like me being involved in stuff, like these two guys who came at my lowest point, they knew me from being involved. You know, like they wouldn't have known me if I didn't do AA. So like, and and 
you know, thank God for them, you know? So, like, I always say get involved, um, get to know people. Um, you never know, like, who, who can help you. And there's a saying, it's like, be careful, because, like, your, your, your sponsor, you could be your sponsor in the future. Like, you just never know. So, like, get, in, uh, get to know people, you know? All right, so a couple questions we have. Can you... Can you tell us what attracted you to to your sponsor, to this guy? Why all of a sudden does Brendan become willing to take suggestions and listen to to somebody else who's not from Queens? <laughs> oh man. Um Honestly, it was just a um it was just a guy. You know, he happened to be around my age. Um he uh he said he used like me and uh You believed him? Yeah, he was pretty uh, messed up. <laughs> but uh, he said he used like me, and, and I was just a tra- I, I met I I had met my sponsor in a half a sober house. He was like getting ready to move out, and he was like helping. Like I just saw him living life, man. Like he was coming in from meetings after working all day, big book in hand, and he just like he was just like living living a good life. And he was like, I used to use like you, man. You know, and I just liked his I just liked what he was doing, you know. And I was attracted to that because the way I was living was not working. And when you do those things that he's done to you with other people. Oh, it's the best feeling in the world, man. So how does Brendan all of a sudden come from somebody from the streets, <laughs> all of a sudden become some, some spiritual guru? Um, I do like to say this. Like, I'm not like, like, um. Like just because I'm sober doesn't mean like I I I'm, I'm like I I we I guess like we all fall short and stuff. But like how I am able to like live this type of life that that's available for anybody out there struggling. Um, I just like stick with the stick with the basics. If it's not broken, why fix it? Um, uh, the book we read and the program we attend, it's uh clear cut directions. Um, the design for living. A lot of uh, we say. Um. So I just can I try to live by that, you know. And when I mess up, I never we don't claim to be perfect, you know. So I, I I just try to continue to do that. But the biggest thing I would say is 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 reach my hand out and try to help others. Do you feel today more connected and more accepted than you ever have? Than those times at thirteen and fourteen, taking your first drink and drug? Well, like connected with like people. Yeah. Definitely, I, I'm I'm an isolator by nature. Like I, like when I was using and stuff, I just like, I just wanted to be like by myself. Like it didn't matter as long as I had what I wanted. Um, and today, like my life is so full. My life is like so full. Um, due to like sobriety, man. You know, I, I the life I have today. Like I, I'm in a relationship with a woman in in AA. She actually just celebrated five years. Um, my um. That's the thirteenth step. <laughs> I don't know which way it was it me, <laughs> but um, uh, all my friends are in um, all like all my friends are in Alcoholics Anonymous. Like I said, like I have a family member. Um, I have I have a family member who's just coming into AA, and it's like it's cool to see him like on his journey, you know. Um, it's just. Everything I have today, like I've, I've got like, and this is not like the promises in, in the program, but like people have shown up for me. Like I, I've lived with people in Alcoholics Anonymous. They were renting, they, they, they had a room for rent and I was able to like, you know, like 
there was a time in my life where like every like my barber is in a, is in sobriety <laughs> like it just every like it's just it's just like what I'm around today you know. So you brought up a relationship. Yeah. Are there pros and cons for somebody dating somebody in in those rooms? Um. It's tricky, man. You know, like um. I don't get into like all the, like the jargon of like don't, you know I I'm, I I I don't think you can like deny like true love you know I I guess but like um I I would I, I would say like if you're going to like meetings to like look for a a, a guy or a girl or like someone that's pro- like what's your intentions you know um and run it by your support group run it by your sponsor um and and take it slow you know like it's not. Um, because like I know, like early sobriety, like you, 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 you're trying to get out of yourself. Like you put down drugs and alcohol, and now you're looking for other stuff, whether it's women, gambling, um, sex, food, like anything. So, um, find out if this is like really like what's your intentions, you know? And I know, like you know, because I prayed on it and I ran it by people. My intentions were good. Her, her intentions were good, and and it kind of just flourished, you know. It wasn't like. Oh, I meet you the next day. We're dead. It wasn't like the rehab romance. It was like, friend, you know, it just, it, it flourished into something. Healthy. Yeah, I, w- I would definitely say it's healthy. She's like my best friend. All right. So if Brendan could approach somebody today, maybe they're 18 years old, similar background to you, how would you, what could you offer that person if they came to you for help? That's a, <laughs> that's, that's a, you got the questions today, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I never really been Did asked my homework. That. <laughs> um, I would, damn, you know, I would like I, I think of like what I would tell myself, you know, at, at that age, and I would definitely. But uh, yourself wouldn't wouldn't want to hear it, no. Oh yeah, like yeah, I, I definitely didn't want to hear it, you know. Um, but I I would say like take a look at like what you're what what, what you're doing, you know, and like uh. Like what I know now, it's like, um, like I'm completely grateful of where I am today. But like, like, like we spoke about, there was some dark tunnels we had, like, I had to go through to get to this point. So and uh, and like we said, some people don't get to make it out of those like tunnels and dark places. So like, as if this is what you really want, you know, because um, there's a chance you may not make it. Mm-hmm. You know, is it is an important piece to this, whether. This person we're approaching or is approaching us wants wants to help, wants to stop. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you have to stop for yourself. For, you can't stop for a girlfriend, a mom, the 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 job. I I I don't really believe. I think you have to you have to like concede to your innermost self, and like uh, you know, and you really, you know, that's a good stepping stone. Like the you, you got to go to rehab because the job or the wife wants you out. Or like I think that's a good stepping stone. But like eventually, like you're gonna have to want to do this, you know, because that or else that reservation will be there. You know, that reservation will be there, and it's like, oh, I never really want. I just did this to get the wife or or the job off my back, and then there, there's gonna come a time and place where that drink sounds like a good idea. You know, so you have to you have to be in this. You know, and how willing is Brendan? help help another individual um like my heart says i'll go to any length you know i i i do my best you know i um i uh you know i do stuff um 
in sobriety. I have like commitments at sober houses and, you know, I, uh, I, tr- I try to reach my hand out and, 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 and show that this pro uh, the program works. And I want to like go through the, the book with guys and, and, you know, take guys to meetings and stuff. And, um, but for me, it's like keeping that same energy. Like, you know, like when life gets full and, 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 um, when, when everything, like, if it, if it's convenient, then it's not really service. You know, it's like, well, what happens, what happens when it's inconvenient, you know? And, uh, you know, you just got to keep showing up because AA, AA never said no to me. You know, that'd be selfish of me to say no to somebody like AA never said no to me the program, you know, sobriety. So that'd be selfish of me. Excellent, Brendan. All right. <laughs> can you take us out by, can you explain a little bit how Brendan is when, when nobody's looking, when nobody's around? <laughs> like I said earlier, we are not perfect by any means, but, um, I would like to say I live like somewhat of a upstanding life. You know, I, um, I, uh, you know, I, we all fall short though, (laughs) you know, but like, that's a big thing. Integrity, like when no one else is looking, you know? Um, but yeah, I would like to say like, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat of a good guy. Like, uh, and it could be like the littlest things of like holding the door for somebody. Or uh, saying hello to some like you never like someone once told me is like you never know what someone's like going through. So like I'm at Starbucks this morning and uh, I'm leaving and I'm just say like oh like uh, have a nice day you know like you never like it's just like about being like like what you want to see in this world try to put it into here you know. Wow, that's excellent. <laughs> Do you want to give any shout outs? Oh man. Um, Shout out who uh, anybody who helped me um, in my journey in sobriety. Um, shout out to my support group. You know, um, a lot of my support groups out in uh, Glen Cove. Um, that's where my uh, home group is. You were just there a couple weeks ago. And North Shore. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, just shout out to anybody who helped me on this journey. Shout out to anybody like... Um, struggling right now there's a better way you know if a guy like mike could get sober i think it's possible (laughs) if a guy like me could get sober i think it's possible um and uh yeah anybody watching anybody out there who uh who thinks there's a better way but isn't sure this testimony that there is a better option out there There definitely is all right thank you so much brendan thank you mike and if anybody is looking for help you could Reach us at SoberSundayPodcast.com or you can contact me or Brendan directly. Awesome, yeah. Thank you so much, Brendan. Thank you. All right.